Perfect. Well, I will mute us and get us started. Perfect. Welcome to Run With Purpose. This is episode number 85. And for those of you that are new to the show, my name is Flores, and I'm so very glad that you found this podcast. Would love if you would subscribe. And as always, you can reach out to me on all of the socials everywhere at flores.run. Uh, today, we have a guest that I'm very excited to, to have a conversation with. I found her podcast a few weeks ago uh, called Holistically You. It's very, very good. The conversations that she has um, with guests and then also just like her own thoughts and her own story. I was telling her before we started recording that I didn't want to hear, I didn't want to listen to all the episodes because I didn't want to kind of get like too far into it. I wanted to hear her story from her. But Amanda, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited and thank you for those kind words. It means a lot to me. (laughs) Yeah, it's always a nice thing when you have like another, another podcaster on there and it's just like sometimes it feels icky at the same time of like <laughs> I'm like oh don't say I do good things I don't want to I don't like I want to do good things but I don't want you to say that about me <laughs> yeah and you know what it's uh the podcasting world is quite interesting because there's so many different genres of podcasting but then when you meet someone who's in alignment with kind of what you're trying to um, accomplish as well it is just a really nice balanced grounding feeling. So thank you. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Well, before we get into anything here, I want to make sure we don't miss out on how to connect with you. So plug all of your socials, plug all of your things. Wonderful. Okay. So I am most active on Instagram and my handle is a underscore Lisa underscore Mar, M-A-R. And uh, I have a link tree in there as well that leads to the podcast and various other projects that I'm, uh, you know, working with right now. And of course my, uh, my Instagram page for my podcast, which is holistically you and holistic spelled as whole, like a whole human being. So holistically underscore you underscore podcast, and uh, you'll find me there as well. And there will also be a link uh, in both of those to my performing arts school for children, which is opening up soon called Stagecoach Westmount NDG. So I'm a little bit everywhere, but you will mostly find me on my personal page. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. So make sure you uh, follow her all those places. We'll have it all in the show notes so you guys can link that um, as well. I didn't know you said a performing arts school. Yes. I'm going to need to hear about this now before we get into anything. Okay, brilliant. Well, I'm actually really excited because if you can imagine, I signed my contract. It's it's a franchise. Okay. And I uh, signed the contract on March 5th, 2020. It's a good time to start new businesses. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. You know, like two or a week or so before the world shut down. How was I to know? (laughs) So uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to do anything with it until, I mean, you're catching me at a great time last week where everything was, the venue was found, uh, dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's. So essentially, this is a performing arts franchise based out of the UK, but we have places uh, worldwide. And uh, it focuses on the three disciplines, acting, singing, and dancing for children from ages four to 16. Awesome. 
Yes. That's super exciting. I'm excited to see kind of where you take that and what you do with that. That'd be so oh, awesome. Oh my goodness. Me too. Me too. I, I am a theater kid. Uh, I did study theater for many years. So I'm like, this is, and I'm a teacher as well. So when you put those two together, mm. this is just like that natural progression, you know? So I'm very excited to add the entrepreneurial aspect to it as well. Yeah. That's so awesome. And then another thing I didn't want to skip over when you had talked about it in, in your little uh, plugging section there. I love the the name of your podcast of holistically mm-hmm. you with the idea of being whole as your whole self. How can, and this might wrap in to your story and then kind of our topic today talking about redirection, but how did you kind of come to that concept of this, this holistically you of, of your whole self? So I enjoy a good play on words, call it the educator and me, maybe. (laughs) And, um, you know, organically, the name came to me and this seems odd, but uh, as I was getting a massage, so I was kind of self-care, self-caring it up, so to speak. (laughs) And I was like, you know, I remember wanting to jump off the table to write this down because I envisioned this hole in parentheses as a part of, you know, we have to develop our mental as as well as our spiritual, our physical aspects and parts of ourselves. Sometimes we focus on one more than the other, but I truly believe that if we are working in harmony with all of the aspects, then we can really start to integrate the parts of ourselves that create the best version. Mm. Um, it's a work in progress. It's it's not always it's not always easy, but it is a process that I've really been working on through the past. I would say, um, let's call it six or seven years of my life, and uh, it, it really has led to big exploration, but big discovery of mm. who I am. You know on on all of those uh, fronts. So yeah, it was a play on words slash also really understanding that I wanted to develop my whole self in order to be create the best version of who I am, who I want to be. Yeah. And that idea of like exploration and discovery, I think you can get so lost because a lot of times people, people are only out for the exploration or maybe even only out for the discovery. They want to find themselves, but they're not willing to kind of explore the avenues to figure out what that actually means to kind of find their true self and kind of their, their understanding. Obviously my show is all about running your life with purpose and intentionality. So it kind of goes hand in hand with this idea of taking those additional steps, taking them with purpose, with, with some sort of end in mind, not necessarily knowing what that end is going to be, but being able to discover what that end is for you. Exactly. Because the work can be daunting, right? Mm. So sometimes we we want to kind of shy away from um, that part. And it just kind of reminds me of that quote, like life is about the journey and not the destination. Like, of course, we all want to arrive somewhere, but I truly believe it's in how we get there that we're, that we're able to, I don't know, uh, really enjoy and, and, and integrate all of the experiences and just create like this life that, you know, we're all trying to get there. Um, but it's in the creation. It's in the creation. For sure. And I guess along <laughs> those lines, we can, we can hop right in tell a little bit about your story and kind of, uh, I, I've gotten bits and pieces from episodes and seen different things there, but just tell us a little bit about your story and then how this idea of redirection came to you. Well, I am uh, an educator. Uh, I graduated in my, well, I had got my teaching degree in 2000 and I want to say 2000, 
12. <laughs> it's been a while now. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, I never knew what I wanted to do. I was always a person who kind of not flew by the seat of my pants, but after high school, I didn't know uh, over here where I'm from in, in Montreal, in Quebec, we have a program called CEGEP, which is kind of a stepping stone between high school and university. Okay. It gives us a two to three year kind of figure it out vibe. You can take separate courses and, you know, decide what you want to go into. And I was always like, oh, I don't know. So I'll just try this. And oh, I don't even know about this, but I'll try that. You know, <laughs> I just was really, again, exploring. And uh, I ended up going into professional theater which I loved, adored. It really lends itself to teaching as the career as well, because technically I'm always on, right? Mm. I teach six and seven year olds. <laughs> so <laughs> you can imagine the energy that needs to right. go into this. Yeah. So uh, I graduated professional theater and again, did not know what I wanted to go into university doing. And my sister-in-law said to me, she's like, well, hey, why don't you apply into education? I feel like it's something you'd be good at. And I was like, Okay, <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> Why not? And I loved it. I loved it. And and that's what I enjoy about this whole process is that usually it aligns. Like I haven't had an experience where it's complete. I feel like my intuition has guided me, you know, into the right pockets and doing the right things. Um, so when I graduated university, started my career in education, and I felt this. I don't know, this part of me that wanted something different, not necessarily more, but just different. Mm -hmm. And uh, so a few years into my career, I'd say about three years in 2015, I decided I wanted to teach internationally. Mm -hmm. So I went to a career fair and I ended up signing a contract for the Middle East. So I taught in Dubai from 2015 to 2019. Talk about redirection. Yeah. <laughs> So that was just something that pulled me, you know, I didn't necessarily want to go to the Middle East. That's not what I had in mind. But that whole weekend was a weekend of redirections because, oh, I arrived and the job I wanted in Singapore was taken. Okay, so how am I going to pivot now? How, where am I? I'm just going to do a whole bunch of interviews and sit with this and see what aligns with me. So I ended up in the Middle East for four years. And long story short, here I am. I'm back. I've been back since 2019. So just about two years. And uh, I am now pursuing my business venture with my performing arts school. And everything has just lent itself one thing into the next. Uh, not without its challenges, though. I think that's a major part of redirection. <laughs> right. And I think the idea, we, we keep using this word redirection. And if you guys mm -hmm. didn't listen to the episode, I meant to pull it up to see what number it was. I'm going to do it now. This is bad podcasting, but Oh, it is that's it okay. Is. I don't even remember. <laughs> uh, episode 26 uh, okay, yeah. on our podcast. I'm like, I had the Spotify up, so I could at least remember to look Great. at Great. <laughs> um, uh, but this idea of redirection is kind of when we face rejection, or when something mm -hmm. happens, how do we? How can we use that rejection? And instead of making it, because rejection itself has a negative connotation, it, like it hurts, it hurts you in the inside. But how do we use that and redirect to something else? So you definitely listen to Mia's episode on that because it, it, she really breaks that down. But I kind of wanted to dig deeper into it here because this idea of when we hit roadblocks. I always say it's like, are you going to, you know, we don't, when we get to a dead end or you hit a roads closed, more often than not, there's a detour. Yeah. But in our lives, when we hit a hard spot, 
we just go home most of the time. We don't even take the detour. It's like, yeah, it may take a little longer and it'll eventually get us where we wanted to do. But it's like, ah, you know what? I don't really want to go out of my way. I'm just going to go back home. And I think so often we, we're almost scared to, to kind of go along that path of the unknown. It's just safer just to head back home. Yeah. And I think the safety and what I call uh, a lot on in some of my ep- my episodes, the complacency that we feel mm. at times. Um, I always said I, I have a fear of complacency. I felt like, you know, I it's not that I wasn't content being here with. I have a large Italian family that I adore. <laughs> that I, you know, I was. Um, it was a bit of a shock when I told everyone that I wanted to leave. Like, well, you have everything that you need here. Mm-hmm. What more could you, I was even in a relationship. What more could you want? It's the fear of complacency where I don't get to level up and I don't get to challenge myself. And I truly feel that if I'm not challenging myself, that I'm, that I'm not really, I don't know, that I'm not working towards the, the best and, and most fulfilled version of who I want to be in this lifetime. I'm a person that likes to do many things. Mm-hmm. And so sitting and just kind of waking up, going to teach, coming home, waking up, going to teach, coming home, it was starting to freak me out a little bit. Yeah, It was starting to freak me out a little bit. And like I said, it didn't go without its challenges, leaving my family was a massive challenge for me because I had questioned time and time again, if I was even making the right decision, right? Like right. just trying to, trying to reconcile the, okay, well, this is what you want. And this is kind of what you have to give up temporarily. Mm. And that's oh. a tough thing because people, people don't see it as temporary, right? They see those things and they see them as eternal things. And it's like, no, it's like sometimes you have to go down a different path. Like there's people in your lives for certain seasons of your lives. And that is what it is. Like with us moving, you know, to Minnesota, we've been in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Shit, I was in Ohio for 13 years. I think or something like that. It's the longest time I've ever lived anywhere. Like growing up, we we went like all up the East coast, like Florida, North Carolina, we were all over the place. And then, you know, I was in Ohio for that long. And it's like, it's great. Made a ton of relationships, people that, you know, definitely affected my life. And and some of them I'm still going to continue to talk with, but it's just like anything else. How many people, you know, if you don't live in the same town you grew up in, how many people from high school do you still talk to? How many people, I literally have one friend uh, Two, like we, two might be a stretch, but I have one friend <laughs> that I talk to every couple of months that went to high school with, right. and and that's only because we we know we want to keep in contact stuff like that. But you don't you don't really have those things. So sometimes you have to let these pieces go. And I think one thing that you said kind of stuck out. You said it twice, and I don't know if you realized you said it. This idea of not necessarily wanting more, like you said when mm. you were leaving, your family is like, "What more do you want?" You said, "No, it's it's just different. What's the different?" Thing that I need. Cause it's not necessarily, I'm not after more, yes. but maybe I'm after replacing what I have here to just open my eyes to a new experience. Yes. You know, sometimes yes. when you go into experiences, they're shit, <laughs> they fall apart and you're just yeah. like, this is not <laughs> what I expected at all. However, you learn in that process. Now, you know, oh, like, yes. all right, I'm not fucking going down this road again because it took me somewhere I didn't want to go. Yep. Yeah. And that happened quite a bit. Uh, (laughs) That happened quite a bit. Um, If I have to say one of, you know, as I was away, one of the experiences was 
you know, stepping into a leadership role where I left my teaching position and started to work at a preschool. And I was the director of this preschool, Mm. which I thought was going to be absolutely brilliant because I wanted to become an entrepreneur. In the back of my mind, I always knew that that's kind of where I was headed. And that experience just about killed me. Mm. I'm not going to lie. Um, I wasn't eating, wasn't sleeping. I was being bullied in the workplace hard, like more than I've ever experienced in my life. And to the point where I was like, if I just like get up and run, maybe no one will find me. Like maybe no one will come after me. And, you know, thank goodness I have uh, my father who's my rock and my sounding board to say like, you're going to learn from this, honey. Like this is going to be something that's going to put hair on your chest. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're going to learn. And while you're in it, you're like, I don't see the lesson. Mm. I'm not, this isn't cute anymore. Like I'm emaciated, I'm exhausted, but it's once you come out of it now, like two years down the road that I'm able to look at that and say, okay, it was a terrible experience. and, And I don't necessarily wish it upon myself or anybody else. The man that I ever learned from it. Yeah. And wow. that's, that's usually when you learn the things, like you said, it's when you're, when you're in the shit, you don't, you don't really notice it. No. Really. I mean, that's how, how many times they talk about, you know, it's a slow fade into to certain things, one decision into one decision, and then you're in it and you don't see the, the severity of the issue until you step out of it, until you get to this mindset of, wait a second, like, this doesn't align with my values. This doesn't align with my morals. Like, why am I going down this path or doing these things or thinking this that once you get outside of it, you're like, okay, now I can kind of regroup and do this stuff. We had, my wife and I had that idea when the whole minimalism thing really started to like take off like oh, yes. four or five years ago, <laughs> give or take. And of course I jumped on the bandwagon, you know, watching Netflix thing and I'm like, I'm getting rid of all my shit, throwing everything away. Was that away. like, that was the Marie Kondo thing? Was that like the, you know, so like- So her the- and, and the, the minimalist guys, the- uh, Oh, yes. They were like around the same time because I think they came out with her documentary and then she came out with her book. And right. her stuff is more, more about tidiness per se, but their whole mindset is like- <clears throat> um, love people use things, the opposite never works. And I'm like, yeah, that's so, it makes so much sense. So like they have this, uh, what they call the uh, 30-day minimalism challenge where basically every day you get rid of however many items. So day one, one item, day two, two items until 30. And I was getting rid of a ton of stuff, like just a bunch of things. And people are like, are you, you're going off the deep end, Jonathan. (laughs) Yeah, are you okay? (laughs) We're going to check you into a hospital because this is not something, something's going on. But in that process, I started to realize my, it was my wife and I and our 10 pound dog. And we lived in a 2,400 square foot home in the suburbs. And we were just like, why? Why do we have this big house that we don't need for the two of us? Right. We we decided we weren't going to have kids. So it's like, this is literally just for us. Why do we have this? So we downsized to a thousand Mm -hmm. square foot apartment. And we're just like, we were the happiest we'd ever been. And we're like, it's crazy when you kind of get out of that situation and you can kind of realize it. But in that, so when you make those changes, and you probably talk about this too with your move, um, sometimes people don't agree with it. And sometimes people come, uh, come a little hard at you when, oh, you, yeah. when you do something that they don't seem, they don't believe is the, the right choice. Yeah. Yes. And what I've learned is that most of that is a projection mm. of some type of insecurity or of something that perhaps they wish they could do, but can't. 
I've learned a lot about this notion of, of the fact that we're all in some way or another mirroring one another. Right. And so when I, I mean, listen, I love my mother dearly. If I never moved away, if I never moved out of the house, she would be the happiest (laughs) human being on the planet. (laughs) Like, and mom, I love you. You know, I know she's going to listen to this and I, I love her dearly, but it's not something like I always say, my father and I are one type of person and my mother and my brother are very, very, very mm-hmm. different. And so those are two energies that, that directly impact me in my life. Right. And so, whereas my brother was always like, no, you're not, no, you're not, no, no, you're not. Until I, until he drove me to the airport and was like, oh shit, you're Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And that was many a time when I was like, I'm going to go to Australia by myself as a single woman. When I was in my twenties, my brother was like, no, you're not. And then at the airport, he was like, oh, look at you. Okay. (laughs) So he started to understand that when I said something, I was going to follow through. Right. Whereas I think that my mother had a more difficult time with it because it was so radical in her, in her mind that it was like, so far, Mm. like you can't just move to Toronto, (laughs) you know, (laughs) why so far, you know, but it, it, it ends up being, you know, this thing where I get to sit with it and say, just because it's not something that you can identify with doesn't mean it's wrong. Mm. And I don't ever expect anyone to sit down and truly understand my thought process and my mindset, because that's mine. It's what I believe in it. And and they have those same sets of values and and mindsets themselves and perspectives. All I want is, you know, from the people who are the closest to me, especially is just a nice support, Mm. a nice support and saying, you know what? It's not something that I would do, but I support you and whatever challenges or, uh, you know, we want to celebrate your wins and we want to help you work through um, the breakdowns and the losses as well. That's the most important thing to me. Yeah. And I think that's something that I think some people can't get into their heads that when, when people like us do those things, you know, when you move, when you do whatever, they don't understand that, Hey, we just need the support. I'm not looking for you to to agree with every single thing I do. I say it on the show. I usually talk with people that have <clears throat> different religious or spiritual or any backgrounds than I do. And people are like, how can you talk to those people? I'm like, because they're people. Yeah, I, I need to love people. That's that's what my good book says. My good book says to love people. So that's what yes. I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, and 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 having that, that mentality of just, we just need support kind of... It, my story and listeners, you're like, yeah, you said this 15 times, Jonathan, we don't want to hear it again, but I'm telling Amanda, <laughs> I'm having a conversation with Amanda Please. right now. Yes. Do with it. <laughs> Is, so we decided we, we weren't going to have kids and friends of ours moved to Minnesota and they had adopted two kids because they weren't able to, to have kids for the longest time, just weren't able to. And then all of a sudden she ends up pregnant with twins. So then there was going to be four kids under the age of four. They were just moving, had no support system. They were leaving their family. So same kind of thing. Like they were getting in on their side of why are you leaving? He has a a big Italian family as well. And it's just like, why are you leaving us? We can help you here, but he needed to move to for his career and that sort of thing. And my wife literally is like, I just feel, I feel called to like, let's help them. So like I live in their basement. And my wife is their oh. nanny and how and care like housekeeper. And we live um, in their basement and it's just like, hey, we're here to help them out. But from the fact of like, hey, why does why didn't you do that for your brother? Your brother had kids. Why didn't you do that? Or and, and Kayla's uh, my wife, her sister just had a, a baby. Celine is 
I think she'll be a year in January. And okay. same kind of thing is like, why aren't you spending more time with her? And you're like, why are we playing this like blame game here? Like this is where we feel called to do now. Yes. All I need is your support in this situation. I don't need to feel that that contention because to your same point you said earlier, sometimes it's just mirroring or there's a, a lack of feeling that they can do the same thing. And I think, mm-hmm. and that could very well be a generational thing as well. Yeah. Where the previous generation, our parents and, and probably grandparents as well, it's, this is what you did. You, you, you raised, you lived in this town, you kept on the family business, you kept the family name, you did whatever, and, and this is what you did. Where our generation, especially the generation that's coming up, <laughs> even though they're a pain in the ass sometimes, <laughs> they uh, we're really questioning the just the norms of saying, I want I, I need to know what this is because I truly believe it, not because someone told me to. And we're we're yeah. definitely into that stage where, you know, you said you're teaching, you know, six and seven year olds. It's this idea of why. But why? Mm. But why? Why where did we lose that? along yeah. our journey that we feel so jaded that we can't ask why. That is like, you can't go there. Okay, I guess that's that's how it works. <laughs> hey, bye. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and it's not, I don't know. I just feel like it's not worth it because the why is is so, it's such an innate part of our journey and our experience. Um, I don't know if you know anything about human design. Do you know anything about human design? No. So it might be something cool to look into because you, you know, you kind of fall, there's these types and uh, I, I did a lot of studying and, and I had professional actually readings of what my type was and I'm considered a manifesting generator, which is essentially someone who does all the things. Mm. And until I truly understood what that meant for me, because I, I always sat down and said, see, so I didn't say why in a curious way, what I would question is myself, why are you feeling like that? You know, Mm. like why, why just stop, just kind of put a lid on it. Mm. Because like I said earlier, you have everything that you need, right? right? So why do you feel the sense of wanting to go out there and do this and do that? And now I'm starting to understand that that is one of the most powerful parts of who I am is the fact that I want my hand in so many different things. You know, I want to podcast. I want to run a business. I want to teach. I want to tutor. I want to be an aunt. Uh, I want to be a partner. I want to be the best sister I can be. I'm not exhausted (laughs) because it fuels me and it drives me and it really gives me my sense of purpose. And that fits with your podcast, of course, is that identifying with my purpose and, and, and moving forward with intention in all of the parts that, you know, light me up essentially, because I always wanted to work against that and say, you're going to exhaust yourself. Don't bother. Mm. Whereas now I'm shifting to, you won't exhaust yourself if you're truly aligned and you have clear boundaries. Mm. That's a tough one too. I think as a, as a creative, because as you talk, I'm like, we're way similar in like the 50,000 things that we do. Cause it's just like, Ooh, yeah. look, another shiny star. And I want to go after it. <laughs> yeah, um, squirrel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we do it, we do it with, with purpose. We're not just like aimlessly wandering. Yes. And, and when you have that, that idea of just, Oh, I just lost what I was going to say, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> we're, we're very similar in that creative aspect where we, we jump from thing to thing and to others, it may seem like, Hey, slow down. Mm-hmm. take a break. But 
we we need that to kind of continuously be learning things, to continue yes. moving on. I've played guitar most of my life, and I just I just got a new guitar when we moved. It was my moving present to myself. Very um, good. Because why, why not? I sold my other <laughs> why one. Not? And I was like, oh, I sold it. Now we don't have to put it in the moving truck. I'll just have a new one shipped to the new house. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. That makes perfect sense, right? Just spending more money. Uh, but because of that, I'm like, I'm getting back into like songwriting and doing things like that. And it's like, yeah, it takes some time but I'm enjoying it. And it's a new kind of facet into everything that I'm doing. But I think a a very important part of that, which you brought up is that idea of boundaries Mm. is understanding that we need to have guardrails, whether they're, they're physical ones or actual people in our lives or just any sort of thing to be like, Hey, let's, let's understand like this can flow over very quickly. And I can imagine this is the same kind of thing when you talked about your, your leadership and how it kind of broke you is this idea of you put that same mentality as that creative mentality of I'm going to get everything done. I'm going to help everyone. We're going to do all the things. And you're like, Oh shit, I have no time for me. Yeah. Yeah. You, burn the candle at both ends because you want to accomplish. You want to do the things, you know, you're like, I'm in this position. Let me bring my best self every single day. What I learned in my, in this notion of redirection and which I, like you mentioned earlier, put together with the notion of rejection. Um, it is my friend Whitney, actually, I'll give her a little shout out because I just, I actually just recorded a podcast with her. She is probably the reason why I survived my four years in the Middle East. She is a very key player in that experience for me. And we had this really uh, brilliant conversation recently about what that looked like for both of us individually Mm -hmm. and coming together as each other's tribe and support system. Whitney was the first person who said to me and which was said to her by one of her friends that rejection is protection. And then I put rejection and redirection kind of on the same plane because like you said, rejection can sting, but we have to understand that there's a greater purpose for us. If we're working in alignment with what we want or what we're truly here to do, and it doesn't, that doesn't happen overnight. That's a, that's a process. It's understanding that no is a full sentence. Mm. And if I'm unable to give you the energy. So yeah, you may shut, you might shut me down. That's where some of that rejection might come in. At which point I understand that that's because that wasn't for me and I'm going to pivot. Now I'm going to move in that other direction. Life is a sequence of ebbs and flows, right? So we're constantly moving, constantly flowing in the direction of that we hope um, is going to become what we've kind of always wanted for ourselves. But it, it really, it takes time and it's a harsh lesson mm-hmm. I find because setting boundaries for me was, very, I'm, I'm a yes, I'm a, I'm a yes person. I'm a yes person, you know, and, and I'll give, give, give until I have nothing left to give for myself, you know, to the point where I'm sleeping all day or I'm sitting at a red light and I'm like, I don't want to go there. So maybe it won't turn green today, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, because, because I wasn't able to set the clear boundaries for myself and it may come off as harsh to people now who sit down and say, wow, okay, that's a, big change. That's a big shift from who you were before. Yeah. But who I was before wasn't working for me. Mm. Right. That wasn't, that wasn't benefiting me in the best ways. I, I, 
I was exhausted and depleted. And I'm sorry, but I just don't think that that's the best version that I can create of myself. Right. And sometimes, sometimes when you're in that sense, and this is something I'm personally going through right now, is once you realize that, and people obviously knew you before, but even if they didn't, once you kind of understand that no is a complete sentence, it's all Mm -hmm. right to say no, you don't have to say yes to everything. Sometimes it can come off a little direct because of our confidence in it. Like there's a difference between, no, I don't, you know, maybe I don't, I can't really do that. And and then being like, no, I just don't have time for that. Or no, that's just not right for me. It can come off a little bit, sometimes rude, you know, whether Mm -hmm. the tent, but I think it's because of the confidence in there. And I don't think that's a like innate thing of we're being rude, obviously, but I think it's just how culturally as humans, we, we've dealt with no is bad. When yeah. someone tells you no, if they do it, you know, unless they do it in a polite way, it's a rude and they're coming after you and it's a thing. You're like, that's not the case at all. But sometimes we have to kind of almost check ourselves with that. I always, I say it all the time. My wife, uh, love her, but she has no empathy, none okay. at all. And, <laughs> and she knows it, but it's okay. She's working on it and okay. love her for it. She knows she knows it's a struggle and she's definitely working to to make it happen. But she she just wears it all out. She doesn't understand, like, no, stupid, this is this is it. Like, <laughs> you know, where's my like there she is with with Bella. It's like she's like, you know, love her, but sometimes it's just a, a little too direct. Yeah. But you kind of talked about like you and your dad, she's the same kind of way. Her dad, very direct and blunt. Like it's yeah. I, it's it's black and white. It's real simple. Like it's either this or it's that. Yeah. And and sometimes we can come off with that kind of vibe or whatever, when we are telling people no, but really it's like, hey, I'm I'm also trying to protect my time because if I don't say no to this, the times that I say yes to you, you have to think about it. Now I've said yes to 50 other things. Mm-hmm. So if I say yes to everything, the next time I say yes to your important thing, I also have all of these other little things wrapping up, which not yeah. necessarily a problem sometimes, but if I'm wearing myself thin, and I can't be the creative person that I, that I should be the way I should show up. I'm not showing up in my most authentic self when I'm doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a disservice to you, but also a disservice to the people around you, yeah. you know, because you, you do want to give them the time and the energy that, that they deserve as well, especially if they're part of that, that core tribe that, like I said, that support system that, that we, we, we crave, we want, uh, we need, we mm. require, you know, it, it's, and I, yes, I've had comments not so much recently. I think within the first year of me moving home of just, wow, you're different, like in a good way, I think, <laughs> <laughs> question mark, <laughs> like, ah. not sure. But then it's funny to see the juxtaposition now with the people who knew me in the Middle East Mm. and saw me at my worst, I was also very ill for the first year because I was so homesick and I had mental health uh, problems in the first year because I didn't know how to kind of manage all of it. Mm. And so now you have these people who have known me for a mere, what, five, six months at this point, seeing me at my worst and then watching how I've developed and, and grown over four years mm. to them. It's this whole other version of Amanda, 
you know, and, and that's what I loved hearing from the perspective of my friend Whitney recently, where she was like watching you grow and shift and learn. She's like, has been like an honor, which brings, you know, excuse me, bring tears to my eyes because it's like, you don't recognize it, you know, to me, I'm just the same old bubbly, you know, positive (laughs) person that I've always been, but there's so much shape. I feel like a freaking transformer, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that it's beautiful and it's messy, but mostly beautiful. (laughs) I think one thing you just said made me think about this idea of those that are closest to us almost have that bias of mm-hmm. how you should be. Oh, you were happier then. You were definitely happier back then than you are now. I don't yeah. think you're as happy as you were. And and whether that's, I would say it's probably not true. I would say it's just people's reflections of this is how they saw you. And then yeah. once you find clarity, you're like, oh, wait a second. That wasn't, that wasn't me. I was playing, I was playing an act. I was being the person that you wanted me to be doing the things that you wanted me to do. And now because of that, I've found kind of who I am and people just can't accept that because they remember the old version of you. I mean, things always seem better in the past. Like, Oh, remember the good old days? Like, remember those damn kids? Oh, those (laughs) kids back in my day, trick or treating was fun. Um, Halloween joke for yesterday. Um, <laughs> uh, but I feel like you're also playing small in those moments. Mm. Right. And, and that's part of uh, the process that I feel like the people that I've aligned with uh, now recently, I would say in the past few years have taught me how to recognize how small I've been playing in the past versus how to step into my power moving forward. Mm. That's a big lesson in this whole, in this whole process of, of, you know, okay, I was doing it this way. Let me just try to do it a different way and see how this feels. Mm. Just this morning, I was journaling about what, what are the parts of myself that I, that the shadow parts, the ones that I fear the most and how can I kind of work around those? To me, it's power. To me, it's understanding that, um, I, I do have it. It's innate. It's somewhere. I just have to learn how to access it. And that's um, not that I don't want to say it scares a lot of the people who are used to seeing us in one way, but it's definitely food for thought for them. You know, yeah. it, it's this process of looking at you and saying like, okay, wow. Like I, this is, this is a, just a different version. It's not worse. It's not better. It's neutral. It's, it, it's different. Right. And accepting that yeah. as part of the process. So many notes just in that little bit there. This uh, this idea of <clears throat> the shadow parts that that they're mm-hmm. there. Just how do we access them? I, I always say that we're kind of we're our limiting factor. The yes. ceiling is wherever we put it. Yeah. And and how often do we put ourselves in that box and close the lid? We don't even leave the lid open. No. Or maybe we open the lid, but we're afraid to jump out because we don't know what's going to happen on the other side of that. This idea of, of choosing to align with certain people now, whereas, you know, friends and family or whoever you grew up with, you know, just by circumstance, you are aligned by people. You lived in the same neighborhood. You went to the same school. You did the whatevers. Mm-hmm. That's how you align. But as we grow older, um, we get to then choose those people we get to, to direct exactly where we want to go and how we want to align. And sometimes that can not be good. 
Yeah. Um, but a lot of times it'll at least help you open your eyes and experience what's going on because you're taking that step as long as you're taking it again with purpose. Moving forward with intention, I think is the thing that, like you said, it's not necessarily that people see it as wrong, but when they see you different, it's hard for them to understand like, well, what was, what was before? What is now? What has changed now? And what I hope to do like with my story and with everything that I do is just tell people to try to experience things. Mm-hmm. Get out and try something. You know, failure isn't that big of a deal. We're all going to fail. We all have, and we're going to continue to do so. But the problem is, is when you don't try, you don't take that step. You know, if you're, if you're sitting still, you're not moving. There's no growth. You have to be doing something, even if it ends up being the wrong thing. There was a book I read um, called All the Places You'll Go. And it was this idea, it was was a a Christian-based book, and it was the idea of walking through these doors with faith. Not necessarily saying that the door you're going through is the correct door or even the right door for you, but taking the step of faith to go through the door instead of just sitting at the door, knocking, maybe peering in, taking that step, that's where the growth happens. That's where you'll be able to experience new things. Even if it's the wrong door, you yeah. go, you know what? That wasn't the door for me. Like, let me go to this next door here. But taking that step, you you build confidence. You you start to grow in all aspects of your life to, to tackle the next problem. The next problem won't be as big probably. Or if it, yeah. if, if it is bigger, <clears throat> you'll have at least information and the strength and the confidence to know that you can walk through it. Yes. And the tools. Mm. The tools. I think that that's, uh, I talk a lot about building, uh, well, I talk a lot about building like a spiritual tool belt, you know, and how, uh, for me, how that's grown over the past year or so, but just tools in life, you know, um, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, this is what I can do. If I'm facing a problem with someone who's a little more aggressive or abrasive, uh, oh yeah, done that in the past. This is, I'm going to pull this out of my tool belt now because I know how to react and respond. Um, just taking a beat, you know, I'm starting to understand that that's a big, that's a big one for me is not, um, necessarily following it being uh, impulsive, mm. taking a beat and reflecting and, and answering, you know, like, like, you know, when you get those emails that say like, please allow 24 to 48 hours to respond, <laughs> you know, okay, Amanda's going to take 24 to 48 hours right now, <laughs> you know? Like, and how important is that? You know, oh, it's, it's been imperative for me because I am, uh, I'm a cancer. I'm highly emotional. I'm a water sign. I'm all over the place. Right. And so I, I truly do wear my heart on my sleeve and my intuition is a very big part of how I make decisions. But that doesn't mean that impulsively making those decisions is the correct way to do it. It's to really sit with it. And I'm not going to have maybe the clear yes or no, but I will have more clarity as to how I want to go about working through it and navigating it. And I think that that's part of my, uh, you know, that, that shadow self also I mentioned earlier is that that control freak. It's, it's that part of me that wants to control all of my outcomes and just learning to surrender a little bit. Like you said, it may not be the right door. Trust the process though. Right. Like nothing's going to happen in vain. You're going to, you're going to learn, you're going to grow. And what better way than, you know, when you're faced with a conflict, you know, head on and you're like, 
Uh, I've had this before. I know. I know what to pull out in order to, you know, properly either diffuse or defend or even just, you know, even help the other person maybe shift a little bit in their, in their reactions or in their, you know, so it's, it's this game, it's this give and take, you know, this push and pull energy. And this, and the whole idea is really, again, with intention, we've said that word 50,000 times, but this idea, <laughs> you talked about having clarity going through experiences. Yeah. You've, you go through these experiences. Now you have clarity the next time you go through it. But I think sometimes people can use the experiences that they've had to be jaded mm, the next time yeah. it comes up. They're like, oh, I remember this. I remember when that SOB did this to me. Not going to let it happen again. Instead of redirecting it and using that information to say, how can I make this situation better? Yeah. How can I positively impact this situation rather than being jaded of what happened? We can't control what happens to us. We can only control how we react to it. So if we keep going after that of like, hey, we have the clarity in this experience. I I see how it played out last time. This is how I reacted. Maybe I react different or maybe I react the same way, just in a different manner or bring yes. it up a little different or, or think about it there. Use that instead of being jaded and all of a sudden, like, I remember this putting up my shields and I'm not even going after it because I remember yeah. what happened last time when I did this. Now, obviously, I have to give these freaking disclosures. I feel like all the time, <laughs> if you're in a dangerous situation, a violent situation, a, a, a situation that is not good for you. Yeah. This is not what I'm talking about. No. By any no. way stretch to me, you you find the people that can get you out of that situation and period. There's yes. that. In these situations though of of where you can have this clarity and understand how can you react better to continually positively move things forward. I think that's the whole thing. How can we redirect our thoughts and our actions to make a situation positive that maybe at one point in time was not. Yeah. And if, if I may give just a, a, a pretty recent example for me was dealing with um, a work situation with an individual who was quite abrasive in her, in the way that she was speaking to me in a public setting, which should not have been a public conversation. And I, I could literally at that moment, close my eyes and think about when that happened at that preschool. Mm-hmm my reactions were so vastly different. You know, uh, three-ish years ago, I was emotional, impulsive. Um, I quit the job like on the spot, no forewarning. Um, Glad that I did now, (laughs) but so glad that I did. Uh, but, But still, it wasn't necessarily like, it was something I had thought about, but I couldn't contain everything that was coming to the surface in that specific moment. And it came out like, yeah, aggressive. Like I, I, I know that I look sweet and kind and you know, but <laughs> there's that like, that Italian side to me. That's very fiery it and very, out. it comes out because I'm, it's almost like I'm trying to defend myself, you mm. know? So when this happened, this, this kind of second version of this with, with someone over here in Montreal, just a few short months ago, I remember coming home and being like, I'm so proud of myself for the way that I handled that situation because I just breathed. Um, I was, I didn't necessarily apologize because I didn't do anything wrong, but it was more, you know, I'm terribly sorry that you understood this in this way. Mm. I'm terribly sorry that that's the way that you understood it. 
And uh, I, I feel for the fact that you went through X, Y, and Z. However, that wasn't my intent. And I hope that we can uh, mend this and maybe close this door to, you know, move past this in the future, whether she liked it or not. Right. That's what, that's what came out. And I was proud of myself for that because I said, wow, three years ago, Amanda wouldn't have done that. Mm. <laughs> but I learned and uh, it was hard though to like swallow that. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, challenge. it's, it's, it's innate. It's in us. It's in us itself to be like, to that defense thing is we grow up, you know, even though they, people teach us, our parents teach us to share and to do all of these things. We always say like, you kind of, you got to protect yourself. That's yes. just, it's very, very protective. <laughs> and, you know, not to say that that's a, a problem, but we always have a ton of issues here in the States with that kind of issue with, with mm. having to protect ourselves or protect these ideas that we have instead of just having conversations. Right. We're, we're so fast to just go after someone and be like, you're wrong and this is why and yada, yada, yada. Again, no one's asking for us to defend it. We, we don't need to do that. We yeah. just need to tell our story and, and do our thing. And again, if we do it in positivity, because defense more often than not sounds negative. Yeah. You know, you see in like every cop crime show, like the defense attorney is always trying to make it seem negative of right. you're portraying my client this way, you're doing this this way. And it's, and it's a very attacking kind of mentality because, but that's what we're indebted with. We're indebted yeah. if we have to defend our stance. And if we don't defend our stance, then we must not really believe it. And you're right. like, no, 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 that's not, that's not the case at all. This is my story. If you feel like you have to defend it, well, then go back to our earlier conversation. You might have some insecurities. You might, there might be something you're projecting that there's something underneath there that you're not, you may not even realize is making you think this way. Yeah. And, and far be it from me to say, go do the work, <laughs> you know, um, <clears throat> some people also get their backs up when, you know, like, it's, it's you, it, the things that you don't want to hear, the things that are not always so pleasant, uh, they're tough to swallow, you know? So, so far be it from me to sit down in front of anyone and say, Hey, so I think that you can work on these aspects of yourself. <laughs> People love hearing that. People love it. You know, mine came from me. I remember sitting down one day last year, having the biggest, one of the biggest anxiety and like panic attacks of my life and saying, something's got to give, mm. something's got to give. Cause this isn't, this isn't, there are external factors that are affecting the situation. And of course, amplifying a few things, but it's, it's an internal process. And clearly I, I there are patterns that need to be broken. There are things, mm. but that came from me. I didn't have anyone sitting there saying, these are the patterns, you know, like I had to go through that on my own and I'm still every single day working on those things. It's going to be a lifetime. Yeah. You know, I'm a lifer in terms of, <laughs> of work and, and, and doing the work, but there's so many more um, blessings that come from the breakdowns and the breaks, like the, the breakthroughs come from the breakdowns. Right. So mm. I remember hearing that on a podcast a little while ago and I was like, I like the way that I, I like the way that that was mentioned because it truly is a blessing when, when you're able to recognize your strengths and um, the ways in which you can navigate 
the toughest shit, like the toughest, (laughs) you know, and you can sit there. And like I said, you know, just before I'm proud of the way that I handled that situation. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to learn from it though. Right. Because I probably could have done something differently. Right. There's always, there's always a little piece to learn in every situation. Sometimes it's big, sometimes it's not, but this idea of, I love that the breakthroughs come from, from breakdowns. Cause that's really yeah. what, really how it is. You, when you, when you get knocked down, that's when you can kind of reassess and reevaluate, redirect, if you will. No pun intended. Yeah. All, all of the puns, right? Um, <laughs> but this idea of turning it around and seeing where the light is, you know, we all have these triggering things. We have yeah. these things. I, I struggled uh, for the longest time with pornography and, and that Ooh. whole ordeal. And there's still triggers, obviously. Expe- yeah. I mean, obviously, you could literally just go on TikTok right now. I had to delete TikTok because I'm like, this is ridiculous. But <sighs> it's, you know, you have, there's triggers in everything that we do. But it's how do we react in those triggers and are we aware of those triggers to make changes to it? TikTok yeah. was going down a way that I didn't want, like in my, my feed or whatever. I said, all right, I got to get rid of it because yes. not that I feel like I'm going to be triggered back into the situation is, but you, you know, all it takes is a little bit. It takes just yeah. like a little foot into the door. And then all of a sudden you're, you're back into where you were. And that's the reason why people with any sort of addiction, it's so crucial to make sure you have like accountability people and that sort yes. of thing to make sure that you're pushing forward in whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I don't, I didn't mean to go specifically down that route, but this idea of being able to have that self-assessment, it's awesome that you were able to do that because not everyone can, because a lot of times when, when we do that, we start playing the victim card Mm -hmm. we blame other people for those things. And yes, like you said, there are circumstances, there are patterns, there are things that have happened to us that are shitty, that we couldn't control and that we wouldn't wish on anybody. However, how we react to those situations. And if we start playing a victim card and saying, poor me, poor me, poor me, you're putting the blame on everyone else and not giving any ownership to it to yourself instead of saying, hey, what can I do about this? And when we kind of flip it to ourselves, I think that's when we'll find the most growth. You may not specifically solve the situation, you might have to talk to a therapist or, or a counselor or someone else. And there's yes. nothing wrong with that at all. Sometimes it literally just takes talking to someone. I tell my wife all the time, this podcast is basically like a therapy session for me. Yeah, because free I get therapy. To like, yeah, I'm like, I get to talk to cool people and like hear their <laughs> stories, tell my stories, and then like have these like ideas where I'm just like, you know, I take... 50,000 notes of just like, yeah, here's everything that like, all these are so good nuggets and this here. And really is like a therapeutic kind of thing for me because I can get things not necessarily off my chest that I'm not going to share, but it's, I can have this openness with strangers is is a weird thing because I'm like complete introvert. Like I think the COVID situation, the pandemic, everything going on actually helped me grow because it forced Mm. me to not do podcasts with people that live next door. Right. To, to just have people locally. I was like, hey, let's reach out on Instagram and get some video interviews and do these things. It's helped me grow in that aspect. And and I think that's why I do like the video version of my podcast too, because it feels, it just feels that much more authentic. Like, hey guys, yes. like this shit's real. Like this is what I look like right now. And this is the things yep. that I'm doing. It's like the lights are all a show to make it look better than it actually is. <laughs> but when we come through with our authentic self, people see that. 
and people recognize yes. it. And then we're able to help people because they're like, you know what? Amanda's not full of shit. Like, yeah. She's obviously gone through this. She's made the adjustment. She's had those thoughts and is still continuously going through those. So it's like, hey, yeah, Amanda's got some shit going on. Jonathan has some shit going on. We all do. Yeah. And this is how we push forward with it. Yeah. And it's funny, actually, what you just said there about the lights and everything. It just made me think about <clears throat> the direction also that the social media is taking. So I remember when I wanted to start um, growing my social media accounts a, a little more, uh, I started putting out very vulnerable content, content that I started also a blog when I was away, which, which, um, if anyone's interested in reading, it's in my link tree in my Instagram. Um, the the blog was started out as kind of a travel blog because I was doing a lot of travel in the Middle East because it's such a hub, yeah. right? So you have access to everywhere. But I was like, well, I'm not like a travel blogger. Like that's not that's not where my heart is. My heart is in the experiences that came from it and the realizations that I had because I was going to places like. India and Sri Lanka and Bali to, to center and to ground myself, <clears throat> excuse me. And also just, I don't know, tap into parts of myself that I don't know that I would have had I been in those circumstances, those yeah. situations at that moment. And I just remember, you know, writing this blog about a time that I was in India and we were, we were med we, we meditated every single day for an hour to an hour and a half, which was to me, I was like, there's no way I can sit still for that long. <laughs> there was no way. I had, I had an MRI <laughs> yesterday. They said I had to not move my leg for 30 minutes. And I was oh. like, well, <laughs> you, you guys are going to have to rescan a few times because that's not <laughs> yeah. going to happen. Don't tell me to not move it because, <laughs> and, you know, like it's, it's, it's funny because I could put myself right there. And I remember when I opened my eyes and they had us meditating uh, right on the rocks above the ocean. Mm. So you're like, well, this is a great place. This is a wonderful place to do this. And I remember opening my eyes and then like hitting the bell and then it was over and I opened my eyes. I had tears just rolling down my face. And I was like, is that it? No, no, no. Ring the bell again. I'm not done. <laughs> like just this beautiful, uh, like recognition of where I was in that present moment and soaking in the here and the now is something that I've also uh, learned to do because it's it's not it's not easy and again is something that a lot of people in my life right now are just like so you're not worried about what's happening two and three weeks from now I'm like I'm trying not to I would like for you to not feed into my right. control freak tendencies at this moment and just say good for you for embracing the here and now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's shifting always, always. And, and when I put that content out, I was like, click, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just so nervous about how people were going to receive it because we had a culture of perfection. Mm -hmm. That was, I feel very prevalent of these edited photos, these, these, these perfect families and perfect bodies and all these things. And I remember putting this out. And all of a sudden, I mean, it wasn't because of me, but then I just started noticing people who were really showing up on social media authentically and real and open and vulnerable. And I was like, this is, this is what I've been waiting for. Right. You know, this is what I wanted to put out. This is what I've been waiting for. 
so the, the realness that comes from conversations like this and experiences that we go through, if we're honest with ourselves, we're honest with the people that we're chatting with, that we're, you know, discussing these types of ideologies with these mindsets. That's what, I don't know. I feel, I feel in the safest, I feel the safest in conversations like this. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of power that comes from, uh, a just human connection period, but then that authentic human connection where this is like, we're not doing the surface stuff anymore. We're diving deeper. There's so much beauty in that. Right. That's awesome. And I'm, we could talk for another hour about this. So you're going to have to come back on the show again because it would be my pleasure. We, we could talk about connection. We could talk about literally anything. Um, <laughs> yeah. Amanda, thank you so much for being on the show today. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, I'm going to have all of her, Amanda's information uh, in the show notes. You'll be able to see everything there, connect with her as well. But everyone else, um, reach out to me on social media everywhere. Flores.run, subscribe, leave review for the podcast. I'm rushing through this for a very important reason. Website, www.flores.run. Hangry, wearehangry.com. Our November giving campaign started today, but this episode comes out next week. So it's already started. Get your hangry gear. Make a difference for those living with the issue of hunger in our community. Thank you so much for joining me today. Remember to keep running with purpose one step at a time. See you guys next week. 